Dave Glander was a devout atheist before he had a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. Today, he is a turned-on believer and the author of several books, including How, Why, Where? Three questions that must be answered before you die. I'll talk today with Dave Glander here today on Babby's House. Stay tuned. Babby's House is coming your way right now. Welcome to Babby's House, where everybody is a member of the family, and that certainly includes you. Thank you so very much for watching today. Well, Dave Glander is my guest today here on Babby's House, and he is an apologetist, and we'll talk about what that means and, and how important that is in times like these. He had a life-changing encounter with Jesus after living many years as an atheist, and we'll talk about his what that experience was and how it changed his life and has led him into the ministry that he is leading today. But right now, I want to kick today's show off with a favorite song of mine. I pray that you'll just enter into worship with me as we sing this song called Every Praise. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus. Give him the praise and glory that's due his name. Come on, sing it with me. Every praise to our God. Every word of worship. With one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. That's right. Come on, sing it. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory, hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Come on, sing it again. Every praise, every praise, every praise to our God. Oh, sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah to our God. Glory, hallelujah, hallelujah to our God. 
Welcome back to the show. I am so blessed and honored to have on my show today a gentleman who is an apologetist. And what that means is he teaches people how to defend their faith. And he writes books and holds workshops. And he's been a pastor and on radio doing everything that he can to equip the body of Christ and particularly the next generation of young people to defend their faith, to be loud and proud for Jesus and know how to share their faith with others. He is the author of several books, including How, Why, Where, Three Questions That Must Be Answered Before You Die. Welcome to Babby's House, Dave Glander. Dave, I'm happy to have you on the show, my friend. Welcome. Thrilled. I, I am thrilled. I just love you to death already. Well, thank you, my friend. <laughs> Amen. The feeling is so mutual. Amen. And, uh, you know, listen, we are in the business of equipping the saints. That's right. That's, that's, what, right. We, that's what we do. And yeah. I think that's a part of our ministry and as our calling as leaders mm -hmm. to equip those who follow yeah. us. And particularly in days like this when there's so many voices that are bombarding and assaulting the truth yeah. and uh, assaulting the next generation yeah. and trying to water down our faith. So tell us how you got started on this journey and a little bit about your backstory. Well, I'll, I'll give you the elevator version is what I call it because we could be here for a while if I went into the whole thing, but we're riding to the 13th floor. So we'll, we'll give you the 13th floor version. Now, I, I grew up in Northeast, uh, we're in Connecticut, up in the Northeast, we're in New England, where there's just not a whole lot of Jesus up there. And then I went to public school and public school told me that Darwin got all the answers and there was no need for God. So I just grew up in a very godless environment. I was molested when I was a kid. And so my filter was off on that one. I started doing drugs by the time I was six years old. It's, it's a very long story. So I didn't realize I was an atheist until I moved to the Bible Belt, though, and, and all these Christians were cutting me <laughs> off in traffic and f flying me the number one sign when they had their Jesus sticker on the back pulling out of church. Welcome to the Bible Belt, yeah, my I friend. Know, and I was like, I was like, yeah, I don't think I like these Christian folks. And so then I then I started getting a little intellectual and, and decided that, you know, I was like a militant atheist. If you told me you were a Christian, we were going to have an argument and I was going to make you look stupid because you can't answer any questions that I was asking, you know, and that, that's just for the whole body to know that we, we need to be able to answer the question. We're commanded to always be ready to give a defense. And so it wasn't until I was, um, I was 26 years old and my mom came down with a really brutal cancer <clears throat> and passed away. And she was my best friend. Like she was, she was everything to me. She was my, she was my go-to that I could go to with anything. And when she did, um, I had always been more like a hippie, like a marijuana mushroom sort of drug user but I turned to crystal meth and because um, crystal meth was the only thing that was giving me any sort of joy and, and confidence back. And um, four years into crystal meth, it took my life. I was a 105 pound uh, homeless, went away from my wife and my son, just abandoned everything, abandoned life, lost. My car was repoed, my business was closing down, my house was in foreclosure. And um, one day I went back to the house where my wife and my son were at and my wife had been reading this book called Knowing Jesus Personally. I couldn't stand that book. I was like, what are you doing with your life? I'm the <laughs> I'm a 105 pound homeless guy, abandoned my family, asking her what she's doing with her life, reading this book called Knowing Jesus Personally. And so I started to mock the book. Then I started to mock her for reading the book. And then I started to mock this whole idea of God. And I started just to yell. I mean, I was just in tears. I was mm. done, Babby. I was done. I was, if I had had a gun, I would have turned it. But um, I didn't own one, a gun. And I was afraid if I jumped in front of a truck, I'd be paralyzed and just look stupid. Or if I tried to overdose, I'd be get in the hospital, get my stomach pumped. I was afraid to fail at failing. That's how right. low I was, you know. Wow. 
And so finally, I, after calling God all these, I didn't think anybody was listening, Babby. I, I, I just thought I was yelling to, to my ceiling, you know. And finally, I said, if you're God, do something about it. And um, I can't quite recall exactly what happened next, but all I, the way it remember, I'm remembering in my mind is my wife put me to bed that night, and um, I woke up the next day who I am today. And, and when I'm out talking, I show a picture of who I was right before that, and everybody's like, that's you? Because I had no life in my eyes. My face was sunk in. I was dead. I was a dead man walking. And um, God just pulled everything. He just wiped my slate clean. I, the meth addiction was gone. I had, wow. which doesn't happen on meth, you know. Well, you experienced I, a miracle. It was it was a Paul Damascus Road type thing where it was like everything that made me me just ceased to exist, and wow. and I didn't know what happened, and so went on a journey to find it. And and you can read all that in the book. I tell my story in the book. I wrote the book in under a hundred pages because I know people won't read. We got a short attention microwave culture now, so I wrote it quick. But that that it's all in the book, the whole story. Um, but I started studying Buddhism and Islam and became an expert on world religions and the process. And it wasn't until I got to Jesus that um, actually A Case for Christ by Lee Strobel is the book that I was reading when I had my aha moment when I realized that he was a man of history. And mm. once I realized that he actually existed, you can find out where he was, who he was, what his people said he was who he was put to death. All this information is in first century enemy testimony. Well, I didn't know that. So once I realized he wasn't just a myth, I started studying the word. And when I started studying the word, it answered everything that I'd experienced. Well, all of these experiences culminated. I mean, you know, this is what I love about God is all things work together for good. Amen. Yep. All things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. I tell people that just get saved later in life, grab a, I wish I did this, grab a notebook and a pen and carry it everywhere you go because over the next few months, you're going to see how God was there every single time mm-hmm. and you're going to go, oh my goodness, you were there, oh my goodness, because that happened to me. I just didn't write them down, so now I forgot it's been so long, but but I tell people, I'm like, God's there. He's going to use everything you've been through to reach you. Even the valley moments, yeah. even yeah. the dark side, yeah. even the pain, yeah. he uses it all and somehow he works it all together for our good. Amen. And he has done that in your life. And today you have a ministry that even took your doubts, your unbelief, and turned it upside down. Amen. And God is using it yep. to launch your ministry. So tell me about what you're doing today. So once I realized that Darwin wasn't right, that there's a creator, yeah. I started going, what else don't I know? Or what other lies did I believe? And so that got me into apologetics. And, and for those who don't know what apologetics is, I wish it was a different word because everybody's like, what are you sorry for? And I'm like, ah, oh, <laughs> I couldn't have chose a different word, God. But First Peter 3.15, I want to read the whole verse, though. And not most of the time, apologists just read the middle. But I want to read the whole one because it's important. Always be... Um, before you anything, set Christ apart in your Lord in your heart as Lord. Like that's before you do anything, He needs to be Lord of your heart. Then it says, always be ready to give a defense to anybody who asks you for the reason for hope that is within you. Mm. And that's the name of our ministry. Carl Kirby founded the ministry about 11 years ago. I joined him full time last year. But it's reasons for hope because we want to give people reasons for hope. But that word defense, always be ready to give a defense. In the Greek, it's apologia, which is where we get the English word apologetics. And so we're we're commanded. We're not asked to be ready to give a defense. That's not what it says. It says, always be ready. We're supposed to be on standby, ready to tell somebody why we believe what we believe. And then the last part is, is do this with gentleness and respect. Don't use it as a bludging tool because apologetics is a powerful thing because now, you know, especially in youth, you mentioned that we have a high focus on youth and we do. 
when you give them the why to the what, yes. now they can own it. Because if they don't have a why to their what, their what doesn't really matter. You know, and the church is, um, you know, we were told, go therefore and make disciples teaching. We weren't told, go therefore and save anybody. That's the Lord's job. That's yeah. the work of the Holy Spirit. It's make disciples. It's make disciples, teaching them. Well, if we send our kids to public school to learn science and history and geology and all the ologies out there, and then they come to school and we just teach them fancy Bible stories and we don't give them any real reason to own those stories. You know what I mean? Like why, how do we know those stories are true? Why do we know those stories are true? Well, when they start adulting, where are they going to turn to? Facts or fables? Well, let's talk about the workshop. Let's, okay. talk, let's talk about these camps that yep. you have for young people. Yep. What happens there? So actually our first one is starting this Sunday. So I'm going to get a little bit of rest and then, awesome. and then we're off to, to the first one this Sunday. It's called Equip Retreat. You can go to equipretreat.org and you can see um, we're actually this year is our first, this is our ninth year. This is our first year expanding to two camps in two states. And next year we've got five camps already set up. And, and the goal is to get these things across the country because it's very unique. My son kept going to camp once we got saved and I started sending him to camp. And he'd come home and I'd say, what'd you get? And he'd go, oh, Jesus is awesome. I said, well, what was your big takeaway? Oh, the worship was great. But what, what, was, what was the game changer? Jesus is awesome. And three days later, it was like he never even went to camp. So I was like, how do we change this? And so equip retreat is meant to equip. So during the day, we have three apologetic sessions. That means put something in my hand. Put some, put the, <laughs> I call it putting the tools in the toolbox. Mm -hmm. So when you go home, you can fix things, you know? Mm -hmm. So we have three apologetics-based teachings during the day, which hits them up here. We're giving them the why to the what. You know what I mean? Like, how do we know the resurrection is true? How do we know the Bible's reliable? How, how do we know that our faith is valid, right? And then at night, we have an evangelical message where it's more of a worship set and more of an evangelical heart message because what we're doing is we're connecting the mind and the heart during a quip and it's a game changer. It's, it is an absolute, I can confidently say that after nine years, it is different than any other camp. Well, let's talk about that. Now, of course, the, work, the workshops are coming up, but you've worked with young people before. I mean, yep. you're, you're a pastor. Yep. Uh, you have a, a, a great God story. You've worked with kids before. Talk to me about the power of putting those kinds of tools in the hands of young people. What, what difference is it making? So... I'll give you a direct example. We just started a, a new series called Glad You Asked. My two co-hosts have come up under my tutelage through the years. They're young ladies who are owning their faith. That's what happens. When you give them the ownership of that information and they take they take that information for themselves, it's a game changer. We're, we're not asking our kids just to believe on blind faith. Anymore. That used to work. That, as a matter of fact, that worked for centuries, decades. But nowadays, you open the program by saying, our kids nowadays are bombed. With the opening of the internet and the amount of information exactly. that can be poured bombarded in. bombarded with so much information. And what that does is it causes so much <clears throat> confusion. Yeah. And it conjures up more questions yeah. that causes more confusion. Yeah. Well, it, it begins to become an a la carte faith to them. Like they pull a little bit from here and a little bit from there and a little bit from here. And they kind of make their own faith, if you will. So there might be a hint of Christianity mixed into it, but it's not the main thing. Jesus is not the main thing. And that's because, the, again, the church, we, parents, are doing a terrible job of teaching and making disciples with their kids. And so, Babby, when you get this, listen to me, I've got almost 20 years of doing this now. When you get apologetics into these kids, it's a game changer. I mean, it's, it's, and I'm not saying apologetics should be the main thing. The main thing should be the scriptures. But if you spring, if you use apologetics as a seasoning to the, to the text, 
it becomes life. It becomes real. It becomes real to them. It be, and, and, and trying to take ownership for them becomes so easy because now they, things make sense to them. Instead of just telling them the Bible's factual and telling them the Bible's reliable, show them how it is. And I can tell you by uh, my own experience that when you have those light bulb moments, it's, it's transformational. Absolutely. I have been blessed enough to see transformation all over this country because I, a lot of the times people have no idea what apologetics is. So when, when our team, we've got four speakers with Reasons for Hope. Um, you can go to reasonsr4h.com and, and see all about us. And, and, um, but our four speakers, we travel around and we teach apologetics. And you get to see, here's what I get to see all the time. I mean, yeah. their eyes just yeah. like... I've never really? heard any of this. I can, <laughs> well, because if they, a lot of the times, especially with these kids, they feel like they're, you know, in the corner by themselves and they can't really believe and they're embarrassed to believe. When you start giving them these whys and the apologetics behind it, they're like, they're, you can see the comp, their chest starts to come out. You know what I mean? Their confidence starts to come out because all of a sudden they're like, wait a second, what I believe is substantiated and I can stand on this boldly? Absolutely. So how is this changing the, the future, you know, of young people and their faith? What, how is this going to look in when they become, you know, like real adults? So I have three things that I tell people about kids these days, the, the youth that are coming up. One is get apologetics into your teaching. Again, it's not the main thing. The main thing is the text. You should be teaching the Bible and, and, and proper exegesis of the Bible, but you need to incorporate apologetics. The second thing is get them involved in church. Get them, get them, if they want to, if they're serving. interested in, yeah, serving. If they're interested in doing camera, but they can't do it, we'll put them next to the camera guy or in the AV room or, or next to the usher. Give them a plate, let them pass the plate. Get, give them, put them on the worship team. Give them something to do because kids feel like it's their parents' church. Listen, we come back, we're going to hear All number right. three. We're gonna, y'all hold your breath for number three. And for this title right here, Did Jesus Commit Suicide? Okay, <laughs> hold your breath on that. We'll be right back after this break with more of Babby's House. Well, welcome back to the show. I've been talking with Dave Glander, the author of How, Why, Where, Three Questions That Must Be Answered Before You Die. And before we went to the break, I, was a I asked Dave, you know, what does the future look like for this generation of young people? And he said there are three things that must happen. Yeah. I want you to review one and two. We're getting to three, and then you can talk about that. One is, one is make sure you're incorporating apologetics. And look. I don't have a PhD, so being an apologist doesn't mean you have to have a PhD. It just means how much do you care? Do you care enough to, to study and, 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 and teach your kids? So apologetics sprinkled into exegesis of scripture is important. Involvement in church is one of the main factors that keeps kids coming back to church after they're adults. When they feel like it's their church and not their parents' church, it's a game changer. But the third thing is... That is so good. Well, because they feel like a lot of the times kids are in the leftover sanctuary that used to be the adult sanctuary, and then they built the mega complex for the adults and the kids are shoved over in the old pew sanctuary and that's what they feel like is we're over here we're just we're just the afterthought you've got to make the kids feel like it's their church and the third thing is parents have to parent their kids i cannot say that loudly enough that we we have got to get parents parenting their kids again because it's not the church's job it, the church should be an addition to what they're doing, but parents have to stop being afraid to parent their kids. I, I, have, a whole, the I have a whole series on this. Somehow this culture has shaped parenting and they're in fear. They're afraid to they're parent. They're afraid to parent. Yeah, the, the parents should be the hero of their kid's story. I mean, 
quite frankly, they should be the hero, but they're afraid to parent. So those are the three things that, Babby, if we did those three things, the future is very bright. If we don't, we haven't done those three things and we're reaping the atrocities of it now. Yes. It's eight out of 10 kids leave the church by the age of 23. You are so right. I you hate so that. Right. It breaks my heart. Well, this is so good. Dave Glander, this is so powerful. Amen. Amen. And your book titles are amazing. <laughs> now, this book title, y'all, hang on for this. This is an actual book title. But this is a, a, a question that you were proposed these are, by these a are all These are all legitimate questions that we've received. Did Jesus commit suicide and 27 other questions teens are asking about the Bible? That is so That is That just parents so cool. want to know, too. And, and yeah. adults want to know, too. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's, that's the, the subtitle. Title. <laughs> that's the subtitle to the subtitle. Yeah. So talk to me about this book. Um, about some of the questions that kids are asking you now. Well, first of all, did Jesus commit suicide? No, and we put it like this. Like, if, if I jumped on a bomb to save the lives of everybody in here, would I be committing suicide? No, you'd no, be I'd, a hero. No, I'd be a hero because I'd be trying to lay my life down for others, and that's what he did. People confuse it because they say, nobody takes my life, I lay my life down, so they try and twist that and say, well, he committed suicide, that means he's not he's sinless, right? No, what he did was laid himself down on a bomb and sacrificed for billions of people across history. He's a hero. He is, he is the savior of the world, you know? Yes. Um, but these are actual questions that we get. And what we did was we, our team actually sought to answer instead of just one person writing the answers. So the book has a lot of flavor because we've got 27, 28 questions in there that are answered by like seven different people, I think, or eight people or something like that. Our next book's coming out, the second edition of The Answers. We call it The Answers Book. And I think we've got 14 different authors from different ministries around the country that are going to contribute to it because we want people to see that it's not just one voice saying this. This is, this is there are multitudes of voices in the apologetics world that's, that's really transforming churches and, and, and communities. Well, Dave Glander, thank you so very thank much for you, coming to Thank you, Babby. You are an amazing brother. Aw, I love you. I uh, love your heart, love your mind, and love your books. And uh, looking forward to, to just conversing with you in the future. Absolutely. And doing life together, man, and, yeah. and helping this next generation to be able to defend their faith. Thank you so very much thank for coming Thank you for having way. me on here. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Come again. Yes. And you, my dear friend, thank you so very much for watching Babby's House. This is what happens on Babby's House. We introduce you to people that stir up your thinking, stir up your heart, and even shake up your faith. That's what we're about. I want you to reach out to me today at Babby.com. That's my, my official website, Babby.com, first name only. There you'll see wonderful resources, including Babby Mason Radio, which is our internet radio station there, to just encourage you 24 hours a day. So listen to it and check it out and be encouraged in the Lord. Listen, let me bless you before we leave. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That is our prayer for you. Well, until the next time, I'm Abby Mason. God bless you and yours. Amen. We'll see you next time.